Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Let us enter into God's refining fire this week as we address sexual immorality, fornication, and premarital sex. What's up, you guys? I am here with a very, very special guest. And you know what? We're here to absolutely light up the darkness today. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're calling it out. Just I am with beginning. my friends, Kristen Kamala. <laughs> you guys, this is like straight off the cuff. It's not rehearsed. We are just going to go with the flow. So that's right. I'm here with Crystal. And you know what? I, I hit her up. I was like, girl, let's talk about premarital sex because it is obviously running rampant in this nation and our generation. And it has been since the beginning of times. And I truly just want to shine a light in the darkness today. And because one, I came from that. And you know what? I wish somebody would have told me how serious it was when I engaged in it. And, you know, I, I was telling Crystal today, um, you know what? I hate that the Lord had to watch me in that season of my life. Knowing what I know now, I hate that he had to watch that. So what we want to do today is we want to break that down. We want to share scripture with you. We want to share testimony with you. And of course, if you know somebody that needs to hear this, share this with all your girlfriends. And so, yeah, I, I like I was saying just a minute ago, I really think that this is the drug of our generation. Mm -hmm. Like we hear our parents and our grandparents talk about the drug revolution and alcohol and all of that. And I yeah. just think for us in our generation, there's such a push on sexuality, whether it's homosexuality or heterosexuality, like that seems to be the driving force behind everything from the way that they want us to choose our clothes. Right. Um, you know, like apparently less is more and it's, it's just everywhere. I feel like it's everywhere. It's pushed. Yeah. I have three kids, eight four and two and yeah. it's pushed in in their you know movies and um it's just it's everywhere and I think that us calling it out and just trying to break it down and say like hey you know opinions aside this is what the word of God says about this mm -hmm. and this is where we have to land as Christians I mean you can um, say you're a Christian all day long, but when you want your life to reflect blessings of God and favor of God and you want him to yeah. direct you, there's going to be times in your life where he's going to call things out and say, okay, this is, you're doing this and this is not good for you, A, and B, this is against yeah. my word and my law. And so you're going to need to get it together. And this is, this is a heavy hitter for sure. I want to thank God because, um, from all that he kept me from oh, yeah. in that season of my life. I mean, I lost my virginity at 14 years old. Yeah. And now having Keziah, I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine. imagine. First of all, I'm young. I'm probably still in a training bra at this point. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, have a, I have a boyfriend at 14 years old, and I totally engage in that world, the having sex before marriage, the drinking, the, smoke, the smoking. And I remember every weekend going 
to that that town and just take it on that world, you know, staying with my boyfriend and and I I still remember that first time and I'm just so thankful because from the age of 14 to 22, I spent my life in, you know, engaging in sexual immorality. You know, I'm, it's something I'm going to talk about it and it's something, you know, I no longer have to be ashamed of, but you know, I, it had one night stands before, or I slept with people, you know, and I'm so thankful that the God, that God guarded me from pregnancy. Yeah. He guarded me from STDs. Right. You know, unfortunately, I suffered, you know, you know, heartache and all that stuff that comes with that. But right. I'm so thankful that during that season, when all that could have happened, he, you know, he, he protected me. Yeah. yeah. I was 14 when I had my virginity taken from me from a boyfriend in a situation that was awful. And so after that, kind of my way to cope, I think, was, well... I'll just go for it and let it be my, you know, my decision so that I can control that. And so that part of me was just kind of ripped away from a young age. And so then I fell into the trap and the trick of the enemy to just continually give my body away. And um, I grew up in a pastor's home. So I knew the gospel. I knew I shouldn't. I was actually telling Kenzie before we turned this on that when I was a teenager, probably like 16, 17, I remember I was in a serious, quote unquote, serious relationship, right, with a person. And I remember getting the concordance, my dad's concordance out mm-hmm. and looking up what fornication meant because I knew that it was wrong, but I was trying to look for a loophole. And when I looked up what fornication meant, obviously I didn't find any loopholes. And I knew that what I was doing was continually wrong and that shame just continued to fall on me and follow me. Right. Um, and, you know, the enemy, and I love what you said, Kenzie, about not having to be ashamed of it anymore. Right. And when you come out of that and God frees you from that, you know, that that's another thing that you get when you're in the river, right? As you get forgiveness of your sins, but you also get no condemnation. When the enemy tries to bring it to you, right. we just get to say like, hey, this is my new life. And I don't even know that person anymore. I can remember like exactly like you, looking up fornication and God's people perish for the lack of knowledge Mm -hmm. and even our age people. And like, I remember sharing, you know, getting into a relationship, even with, you know, my husband now. And I was like, you know, there is no premarital, like there is no fornicating. And I can remember him saying to me, well, you know, that he looked up fornication because he wanted to see what all that, because, you know, we're human. Yeah. We'll test the waters. Okay, right. well, does that mean this? Like, what if I intend to marry her? H- how right. far can we go? Like, right. what about this and this? And he had to look it up. And so I feel like we all, we, we perish because of lack of knowledge. So we need to understand what is fornication. Fornication, the Greek word for fornication is por- pornea. Okay. Which that calls it right out. That defined it. <laughs> right. Pornea. Right. Like, <laughs> That embodies everything. And so what fornication means is any form of sexual impurity. Let's get raw and real here. And if you have little kids listening to this, please. Let's let's not. Let's let's take this somewhere else. This is for adults. Yes. (laughs) Um, Or teenagers. Teenagers need to hear this. So pornea, any, any form of sexual impurity. Any form. I mean, if it's, if you are touching anybody's body parts right if you were touching those private parts that is fornication right whether you know or taking pictures taking pictures 
if you are doing anything that says is sexual, right. you're turning on those hormones, you're yeah. touching, you're taking pictures, you're watching, that is not holy. Yes, that, that's reserved for the marriage bed. It's reserved. like, what, what's the end goal in all of that? Right. Are you trying to hype each other up for, for what? If you've already decided you're not going to sleep together, then what's the point? You're literally playing with fire. Like yes. you said, you're turning on those hormones. You're getting all of that going. And for what? Because it's not... There, there is so much... Um, I hate to be cheesy, but like there's so much freedom and joy in the marriage bed when you can do those things in the covenant of marriage. There's safety there. There's yes. all these amazing things that happen there. And you will not get that outside of the marriage bed. I don't care if you made a blood covenant with each other yeah. and you pray. Pinkies and, and yeah, pinkies. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. And if it is that serious, if y'all are that serious, go ahead and put a ring on it. Right. Get married. Then you won't have to worry about it. If you are burning with passion, just go ahead and get married. Right. I mean, that's scripture. So it's just, it's not worth it. No. And what is your end goal in all of that? Like, you're a human, you have flesh, and the Word of God provides us guardrails to navigate our life in the fleshly body with mm -hmm. our eternal soul, and He knows how we operate, He knows what our flesh, you know, wants and whatever, and when you're mixing boys and girls or what, however y'all are trying to do it these days, there's guardrails in place, and yeah. if you just go plumb crazy and take the guardrails off, you're mm -hmm. going to end up wrecking, and we were just talking earlier about you hopefully are able to get your sins under the blood before you're taken from this world. Yeah. But even, even like on that journey, you're still going to have to reap what you're sowing. Yeah. And the Bible says when you reap to the flesh, you you're going to reap corruption, right? And so you need to be careful what kind of seeds you're sowing. Yes. In the name of Jesus, cut it off and don't even test the waters. Like Crystal said, if it is like... If you're teasing, y'all, yeah. cut it off. Don't do it. There, there's And controlling the body is one of the most difficult things, but don't even put yourself in a situation. Yeah. Cut off the pictures. Yeah. Cut off the point. Like, if you have to be shameful of it, if God walks into the room and, and you would hide pornography from, from him, it's not of God. Yeah. Or if your pastor or your Sunday school teacher, if you can't show them the photos you're taking of yourselves yeah. or the recordings or whatever... Like you said, there's there's an issue there. Right. If it has to be hidden in a 10-second Snapchat. Right. And let's just be honest, nothing is hidden these days. No, they can like, save that stuff, You right? can save that, screenshot, screenshot that, find that, send that all over. No. It is not, it's not worth it. I can, like, you guys, I've already walked through that, and I can remember being in high school. Like, uh, what is it about high school? But I can remember engaging in that and being so fearful mm -hmm, right. that it would leak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's the point? No, it's it's no point. For what? Right. 10 seconds of excitement? Right, yeah. It's not a good idea. So the the scripture says, flee fornication. Every sin that a, that a man does is without, is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God and ye are not your own. I feel like one of the issues with sexual immorality is not realizing who you are and what you possess. Like if you realize 
that the Holy Spirit was in you and that you were, well, let's start here. You don't realize, you don't have the fear of God. Yeah. And you don't realize that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit lives on inside of you. So one of the issues with fornication, I feel like, is with identity. You don't realize that you're a child of God and you don't realize that now you possess the Holy Spirit within you. So when you engage in pornography, when you engage in premarital sex, when you engage in these in these sexual activities, you are grieving the Holy Spirit within you and you're committing a sin against your own body. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that worth, understanding that worth. I was just talking to Addison, my eight-year-old, yesterday. She had a rough day at school. You know, in her eight-year-old mind, everything was going wrong, you know, getting made fun of, getting teased, whatever. And so later on in the evening, she started talking to me about wanting to highlight her hair. And I said, listen, I, you, we are going to make sure that you are so sure of who you are in Christ that insults and little comments and things that kids make don't matter mm -hmm. and that you're not self-conscious of your hair color like you are absolutely gorgeous in the way that you are and then when you come to that realization if you want to highlight your hair later whatever okay great but right. what we're not doing is going to all these other measures to make ourselves feel good about ourselves that's really good because we don't have the foundation from christ so I, and I was even talking with Alex, my husband, last night about it. I'm like, we have got to be so intentional mm -hmm. that we are building these kids up in the scripture and ourselves up in the scripture to know. I mean, I came from the pageant world. I was Miss Teen Ohio back in the day. And that was really hard for me, um, you know, seeing the image. And I feel like that's difficult for, for girls now, whether you're a teenager or you're in your 30s or 40s. Like you constantly are bombarded with these images right. and it attacks our self-worth right. and an easy way to allow you to feel better about yourself is the pictures, the videos, the engaging in sexual acts, right. whatever. But like the scripture says, you're not only sinning against your body, but you're grieving the Holy Spirit because you are bought with a price, yeah. you know, and your body is not your own. And, oh, and Christ. you, you know, you're, you're worthy, you're worth more than that. Like I'll tell girls at the high school that I work at when their skirts are all the way up, God knows where. Yeah. I'm like, sis, you're worth more than that. Yeah. Pull your skirt down. Yeah. Like, come on, come yeah. on. We have got to know the word of God in a way that it will allow us to see truly who we are. I, I literally remember, I didn't recognize that it was my self-worth that was driving me, but I can remember, you know, wanting attention from guys. And want to be validated by guys looking back on it and and wanting yearning for them yeah. yearning for that male affection yearning for that male attention and so i was willing to dress you know any way that i wanted to to get their attention i was willing to drive the distance to go hang out with these bums yeah and and just for them to to validate me but you know here's a here's a side note women of god have to be equally yoked with other men of God. Yeah. So if you're on fire for God, you need to be after or praying about men who are also on fire for God because the those who are not of God are not going to pursue you nor perceive you the way that a godly man should. So your morals and your values aren't going to make sense to them. Yeah, that's good. Because they don't see a woman like a god a godly man would see a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of pursuing your heart, they're pursuing your right parts that's good you should put that on a shirt but, but instead, maybe not instead of pursuing your heart they're pursuing your part but that's the it's truth so true it's so true yes and when you begin to see people 
I know when I married Alex, my prayer life began to change. And I was like, Lord, help me see him the way that you see him. And help me be the wife for yeah. him that he needs. And and when you're in relationship, whether you're married or, or not married, you need to realize that the other person that you're with is a son of God or a yeah. daughter of God. Yeah. And their bodies need to be respected. And yeah. when you're engaging in these acts outside of marriage, it's just not... You're, you're not designed for it. It's like if I, I would not give my keys to my brand new Jeep to my three-year-old. Like, does he have the capability of driving the Jeep when he's able to? Yes. Do we have the capability of engaging in sex when we're married? Yes. Yeah. But if I remove the boundaries and give it to him and allow him to drive it, he's, he's going to crash. Ready. And when right. we try to do, like do these sexual things outside of the marriage vows, we're going to crash. We're going to right. have pregnancies that are unplanned. We're going to have STDs. And on top of all of that, we're going to have the sexual, or not the sexual, but the spiritual implications yeah. of it. You're giving of your soul when you're yeah. engaging in these acts. Like the Lord created sex on purpose, with purpose. And right. when you're like just letting your purpose flow out all over the whole high school, you're letting parts and pieces of yourself Ugh. leak out. And when you go to become married or you even just go to your prayer closet and pray, you are so scattered about like you don't even have all of you to even give to someone else. That makes so much sense that that car like, OK, Pastor Tom always talks about women. You are not a used car a lot. No, they can't test you out before they yeah. take you home. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know what? Growing up, I had never like I wish somebody would preach the gospel to me like that before mm -hmm. that I would know that no you little boys out here cannot test test drive me right, right. no I am worthy of yeah. one and I'm worthy of marriage and I'm worthy of trusting God that you know the Lord will bless our our marriage that's the lie from the pits of hell because I can remember being in the world and the worldly men literally say oh but how do what if you marry that and it's not good Mm-hmm. Right. I gotta test it out before I before I marry it. Listen, woman of God, you are more worthy than some man thinking that his thoughts are higher than God, right. his ways are higher than God. You know what? Intimacy is something that you can pray pray about. You yep. better believe that if God designed that for man and woman in marriage, that He will bless it. Yes. And if you guys will take put that aside and consecrate that to God, mm -hmm. God will again bless that because right. of your dedication and your desire to Him. Right. So if I could go back and tell my younger self, it would be to wait. Yes. Wait for marriage. Right. Because to be able to give that to your husband to say, hey, I waited for you. Right. right. And I've been praying for you. And to give that token yeah. of consecration to him is, is beautiful. Right. Right. And to not have yourself all sprawled out to all these other people. Yeah. You know, in the in the meantime. Absolutely. I had a, a question come in about. Well, let me say this. First Thessalonians 4 and 3 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. If you're ever questioning it, it is the will of God for you to abstain. And yes, you're going to be tried. You're going to be tempted. Um, but it's it's God's will for you. And, you know, just like there are laws of the land to to protect us and keep us so god gives us laws at uh, spiritual laws to guard us and to keep us mm -hmm. from evil and so and you know i know you got some revelation over there so feel free to drop it in whatever um
I had a question come in and probably some of you may be able to relate to this. Um, you know, she started off this relationship. They weren't um, close. They didn't start off with God, but they've been together for years. And, you know, they've, they've, you know, for years you create things, you build a family and you do all these things. But now the Lord is dealing with her heart that, um, you know, to stop premarital sex. Mm -hmm. And, and she wants to know how to navigate that. And so what would you tell a person who is now saying, I've been in this relationship for years, you know, and in these years we've established some things. And so what would you tell her as, you know, as a woman of God speaking to a, a woman who is yearning for God clearly, right. what would you tell her? Well, I think it's, it can be pretty cut and dry. And sometimes it's our own emotions that get in the way, but I would say, you know, I love that you have shared your life with, a, you know, that you have found someone that you want to share your life with. First of all, that's awesome. But it boils down to you being able to have a conversation with this other person and say, hey, this is where God's leading me mm -hmm. and I need to do this. And there you have a couple options. You can marry me and we can call it a day and, you know, not have to stop any of this. Yeah. And if he doesn't want to marry you after you have all this history together, I would say that there's a bigger problem than just premarital sex. Mm -hmm. There's something else going on that he doesn't want to commit himself to you in that way. Why is that? So that's a, that's a huge open door for conversation. If he doesn't just jump on the bandwagon and say like, oh my goodness, I thought you'd never ask. I'd love to marry you. I love our family together, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, obviously the first option. And then the other one would just be to say, you know, uh, I realize we have all this history together, but the Lord is pulling me here. Here's scripture to back up. Like, this isn't just me being some religious fanatic. Like, these are the laws that God has laid out for his people. And I want to raise my family under the protection yes. and under the covering of God. And in order to do that, I now have the knowledge of what God is requiring. And for me to walk away from that would be grievous to the Holy Spirit and to God and the whole nine yards. And I'm mm -hmm. not doing that. So I am now going to hold myself for marriage. And if he doesn't respect that, then sis, you could do yourself a favor mm -hmm. and, and go away from that. I mean, it's, it's hard to say like in, in wrap your emotions around it because I know it's difficult, but if you put on your spiritual lenses and you look at it through the lens of eternity, mm -hmm. this is nothing in comparison to eternity, right? Yeah. And if we know, you know, you said earlier, like we perish for, because we don't have the knowledge. So now, you know, and God has been dealing with your heart. So he's going to want you to, to, you know, yield yourself to him. And when you don't, now you're in disobedience and now you've opened a door for the enemy to not only yeah. have access to you, but to your children. So that right. is a huge danger zone that you want to absolutely avoid. And if the guy doesn't respect you enough to, you know, allow you to become consecrated with the Lord, then he's got bigger issues and mm -hmm. maybe he'll deal with them and come back to you later. You know, maybe he'll go away and, and you realize that you got rid of something you didn't need to get rid of. I don't know, sis, yeah. but like, I feel like any person like Alex and I, when we got together, my husband now, it'll be, um, 13 years this August that we've been married. But when he found me, I wasn't living the way that I needed to be living. And so he continued to push me and still does push me deeper in my relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I love that about that. And that's the first relationship I had ever had where 
my counterpart was helping me pursue Christ. Everybody else was pulling me away from Christ and, and whatever. And it is so important that as we have a family, and obviously, you know, it sounds like in these situations, a lot of times these people have children. So when you have a family, you need someone to be equally yoked with you to help you drive back darkness and pursue a relationship with the Lord. It's literally right. not worth it no. to not have that. And it's probably causing you so much stress anyway. Yeah. Like if he wants to pursue and get under the covering of God, then praise the Lord. You guys can, you know, have a biblical marriage together. But if he's not interested in that, then then that's a that's a whole nother problem. Yeah, your soul, if you don't pursue God the way you want to, it's going to leave you open for you know that depression that anxiety that oppression yes. because your soul never you know your soul thirsts for the living god your soul right. thirsts for that that water that bread that he can only offer and if you never fulfill that calling on your life it, it just leaves a lot of room for the enemy yes um because you cr- you're probably craving purpose yes you're, you know your mind your soul is wondering and it knows that there's more so I think that was great advice, and um, I would just encourage you to pursue God. Trust God that if he's leading you down this path, you better bet your bottom dollar that right. he has a plan right. for you and your children. And you know what? How much, you know, after you make that decision, um, you know, what will you be passing on to your daughters? I was just going to say your that. Sons? Yes. What a testimony are you going to live out for your kids? Yeah. To say that I knew that, that God was calling me higher. And yeah. even though it was hard and even though I had to sacrifice my flesh, right? Because all of this is that we're talking about is our flesh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the Bible constantly tells us to crucify our flesh and all of that. So for you to be able to say, I crucified my flesh when it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And I had eternity in mind, not only for, for you, but for them. Like you are going to set a new legacy for your family. Yeah. Raising sons that... Fear God and and uh, respect women and respect women. That's right. Oh, yep. We need a generation of sons that fear God and have a holy perspective of of women. Right. And we need daughters who know themselves worthy. Yes. And fear God and His com- and keep His commandments. Yes, that value themselves. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Did you have anything else you want to share, scripture or us? Um, I don't think so. Not necessarily. I, I was reading last night in 1 Corinthians um, like 3 through 6, and it's just Paul kind of talking to the church, and he's really talking to them about the pursuit of holiness, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of like a buzzword when we say it now, we think like long skirts, long hair, no makeup, but in reality, it's the posture of our heart, right? And right. so Paul is just talking, he's writing a letter to the church, and he's telling them, like, hey, you started off doing really good, but now there there's sexual immorality inside the church. And he actually goes as far as to tell them to remove this person from the church. And when I was reading that last night and praying about it, um, I was at first I thought, wow, Lord, that, that feels kind of harsh. But the more the Holy Spirit started to deal with me about it, the more he started to show me like what you tolerate and one day will become the standard the next day. Mm-hmm. So it's like the things that the sin that we allow in our camp and the places where we compromise will then become the new standard for the next generation. And we have got to pursue such such consecration and such purity. Um, and, and the Bible yes. doesn't give any gray area for it. It literally gives no gray area. It's our culture now that has added the gray area. But when you get back to scripture, it's all about being clean and being pure. And my daughter will tell me a lot just about 
certain things or wanting to go places or dress certain way or whatever. And she's only eight. Um, but there's already this push and she attends a Christian school, mm -hmm. but there's already all these pushes everywhere. You know, and I told her the other day, I said, you know what? Some people are going to be mediocre Christians and some people are going to set the world on fire for yes. Christ to come back. Yes. And I choose for us to be the ones that are setting the world on fire. Yes. So for Amen. you to be that person and in this family, God chose you to be my daughter then you are not going to wear that. You're not going there. You're not saying that. And we're not watching that. Yeah. So you can choose. I told her, I said, you can do that with your kids. That's good. But for me and my house, we're setting the world on fire because Christ is coming back. Right. So we're not, we're not entertaining those things. Amen. Yeah. And it says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Mm -hmm. What is sanctification? And the most basic, basic sense to sanctify something is to set it apart for God's special use and purpose. Mm. Therefore, God's people are sometimes said to be sanctified because they are set apart for God's special purposes in this world. Consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord, I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And so, you know what? It's coming a time, I've, I've preached this before, where there has to be a clear cut line mm -hmm. between the living and the dead. There has to be a, a clear-cut line between God's people and, and not God's people, between the common people and the uncommon people. And you, my friend, are the uncommon people. You're the peculiar people. You're the ones who are set apart and, and are holy unto God. So be ye holy. Do things that the do things that uncommon people do. They don't engage in this world. They don't dress like the world. And I was, I've said this before. I cannot stand to see God's peoples in crop tops. Oh, praise the Lord! You said it. I know. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I came from that, and yes. nothing, uh, nothing in me wants to show my belly button. Right. Nothing in me wants to wear booty shorts or, or ride the line because I came from the world and I don't want to look like the world. I want to look like a holy people. Right. I want God to look at my life and, or people to look at me and say, oh, she's, she different. Knew, she's different and yeah. she knew God. Yeah. And so let there be a cry out in God's people in their hearts to be separate and to look different. You know, we, we, we in this world are striving so hard to be so rare and our social media to look so different. Well, why don't you try this? Try being so uncommon that it makes people look at you yeah. and say, oh, she's rare. And stop trying to look so much like the world that you become common. Yeah. So you are uncommon people. Sanctify yourself for God is calling a holy people out of the remnant. That is so good. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to mention one thing. You were talking about sanctification. And I think sometimes we think, well, I didn't come from that background. Yeah. You know, so I, God can't use me. He doesn't want to use me. But that's false. Yes. The Bible said that he is looking to and fro, looking for someone who's looking for him, right, to work through. So if you will just do what you said and set yourself apart and determine in your heart and in your mind, like, yeah. I am going to set myself apart. I am going to allow a clean vessel for the Holy Spirit yeah. to flow through. Watch and see if he won't do it. Yeah. Because he will. Yes. Amen. Well, I think that's all. Um, if you guys have any questions for, for me or for Crystal, you guys can reach me at Kenzie Grantland on Instagram and on Facebook. You can reach Crystal. At Crystal Kamala. On Instagram and Facebook. We want to engage in with you all. We want to answer your questions. We want to pull you out of the fire just like somebody reached out and pulled us out of the fire. Yes. Amen. And so... Amen. You want to go out in prayer? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so oh, glad. Yeah. I'm so glad to be oh, on. Yeah. I love your podcast. I love what it's doing. And I mm -hmm. love that you have the boldness to just speak to the issues that 
I wish somebody spoke to these when I was in, in this time. And even now, I glean from your podcast now. So, Lord God, I just thank you for the revelation thank that you, you have Jesus. deposited. Lord, thank you for the word that has gone out. Thank you for the way you've thank spoken you, through us. Yes, Lord, Lord, every thank seed you, that has Jesus. been deposited in those that have been listening, Lord, seal it up. God, send yes, someone Lord. by to water it, fertile Lord, ground. to yes, put God. it, Lord, on your fertile ground, that it would produce much fruit. Lord, let us be a set-apart, sanctified people, Lord, because yes, you're coming Lord. back soon, and we want to be ready for your return. Turn in yes, Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you. We praise yes, you. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Share this with somebody a high schooler, a middle schooler, a preteen, a teenager, someone going to college, a mom, a dad. Share this with them and and let them know that there is a better way. God gives us these commandments to protect us from darkness. I know our flesh wants what our flesh our flesh wants, but our spirit craves God and what God has to tell us. And so go after the good things and come out from the world and be ye separate. It's the best decision I ever made. We'll see you all next week. If you have anything to ask me or anything you want to add or testimonies, send them in. I'd love to hear from you all. See you next week.